Hey everybody, this is Greg. I just wanted to apologize ahead of time for the quality that you will hear on this episode. There was a period of time where I had a severe cold and I was just coming out of it, so there's going to be some hitchy quality to this, but, you know, suck it up. (laughs) It'll all be fine in the end. There'll just be some hiccups to the audio, but thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, and this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E. L-A-D-U-S literary.com Thanks, now on with the show Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. (laughs) We give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. We did it. Did what? I can't remember. I can't remember anything. Who am I? Where am I? With your host, Pete. And who the hell is Gushy? And Greg. What's the little guy with that breath? Yeah. yeah, and Ziggy is the computer with the big ego. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. All right. One end of this string represents your birth. The other end, your death. You tie the ends together, and your life is a loop. Ball the loop. And the days of your life touch each other out of sequence. Therefore, leaping from one point in the string to another... ...would move you backward or forward within your own lifetime. Which is our project, Quantum Leap. Five, four, three... Comes two. Two. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Hindsight is 2020, the show where we do look back at things that need to be rebooted, whether they need to be or not. Hang on. We're the experts here. Yes, indeed. So tonight's show, if you couldn't tell by the header, is a reboot of the wonderful classic dynamo known as Quantum Leap. The show that was on NBC that ran from 1989 to 1994. So five seasons of Q- Project QL fun. Or according to the theme music from Quantum Leap, four seasons of 80s and one season of horrible midi file (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we found some worse stuff but we'll save sharing that if we haven't already that's right so (laughs) i don't think we need to rehash the fact that i am gushy's porn mustache and i'm the evil leaper oh wow okay so we'll get started as we always do with a not really a plot summary but a show summary and Luckily enough, this was one of those programs that, uh, at the head of every episode, they told you exactly what it was. 
And yes, of course, Dr. Sam Beckett always dreamed of returning home. And did he ever return home, Evil Weeper? Um, sadly, no, which means <laughs> to, one of, to one of my uh, qualms with the, the end of the show. I remember watching the pilot um, and liking it, and I, I tuned in, I'd say, fairly regularly for the first two seasons, probably not so much during the third um, when I knew it was going to be canceled. They kind of amped up uh, a lot of the storyline, so you were kind of having the famous guest person of the week, so to speak, who he was, like, leaping into, so it was, like, uh, you know, attached to the events in Dallas in 1963. Uh, 63? Yeah, and, and then Elvis. Yeah, I know history. Yes. <laughs> was the Stephen King episode, was that that same season? Yeah, it was all that. You no, know, it was all that season five. I, th well, I think we we have the wonderful power of the internet at our fingertips. Yeah, and I'm I have it all from memory. In front of me. Let's see here. Yeah, the Stephen know. King episode wasn't really uh, the first four seasons of the show. I think they had a kind of a mantra of we're not going to do famous people and famous stuff. We're going to yeah, change the more, lives. Of it was more internal and everyday people. And yeah, and, but they'd every every once in a while, yeah, every once in a while they'd hit some sort of cultural touchstone just to make sure the people watching would say, "Who? I've heard of that." Oh, here you go. It was uh, Elvis Presley. Yep, he was Marilyn Monroe's chauffeur. Oh yeah, okay. There's that. <clears throat> he was Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's our Stephen King reference. Yeah, and that was just a throw-in reference at the end of an episode. Like I said, those first four years, they would, every once in a while, just randomly, hey, there's somebody who people know, but let's get back to our normal show. Yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, so I I watched, I believe, even though apparently I'm doing a really bad job of recalling it, I believe I watched all of season five, and you get to the end of it, and yeah, every week they're going, you know, the next leap might be the leap home. And you're going, okay, I'm on board with this. And, you know, you like the characters and everything. And so they get to the end of it, and it was canceled very abruptly, I believe, uh, was the way that kind of events played out. And so they had this kind of last episode. And the episode itself I don't have too many qualms with. Uh, it's the little ending, the text ending that they put onto the end of the episode. And they're like, oh, yeah, and... Dr. Beckett never made it home. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I can bleep that or not. Yeah. But, uh... thank, you, thank you for watching this for five years of your life. Fuck you. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was pretty much how I felt. I mean, it's just like, what? what? You never... it's, what? It's a big, glorious symphony where they're building up with strings and violins, and it's all great. And then they end it with a disco rock guitar theme that ends it, that runs it out. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, wait uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it was just a very jarring, unceremonious ending um, <laughs> because of that. So it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> just so. every week, it was. If you wouldn't have set us up with every, he's hoping beyond hope that his next leap will be the leap home. Great. Well, the character we're supposed to fo to follow and identify with, his greatest dream and desire, is dashed. In one line of text. One line uh, that was thrown on, probably, where they were just like, well, screw it. The show got canceled. He never made it home. Very much uh, the, the pop culture reference I can make for it would be the episode of The Simpsons where they were the, they did The Lord of the Flies, and it was just this big buildup, and at the end of the episode, they're like, oh, wait, and the children got off of the island by... Eh, let's say Mo. Rescued by let's say Mo. It was just this tacked on ending of that is that is that is a crime. That's wrong. That is a that is an audience like crime. Mm hmm And you know, I I can't think of and I'm sure there are. Um I I didn't watch the Sopranos. Probably people who watched the Sopranos felt similar about the way that that had just a very abrupt ending uh, to it as well. But I can't think of too many other shows that have ended that way. Uh, and I never watched The Sopranos either, but I could imagine putting myself in that place and thinking, well, it seems like maybe the last episode was a build-up to it or the last couple of episodes might have been a build-up and it was just the type of way to end it. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into this more. 
where in our discussions leading up to this episode, we've talked about how the ideas behind the original Quantum Leap were good and sound, but it was done during an era when television production just didn't follow any... What's, what am I looking for? It didn't follow any good patterns like we have now with television. It was stuck in the 80s. Yeah, where it was, here's our episode for this week. Come back next week for another episode where he does something completely different and doesn't reference what he just did. Yeah, it was a total procedural. Yes, it was just... There were, there were no such things as the serialized show where it's a season-long arc that we are so used to now that didn't really kick in until Joss Whedon and and J.J. Abrams, at least those are the ones that come to my mind, I could be a little uh, sheltered I'll, for what other people I'll, talk about. I'll wave my Trekkie nerd flag and say Next Generation was starting to get real good at that um, in the later seasons, probably starting seasons uh, four and five they really started building these like long arcs um, that would you know end in the cliffhanger for the season to take you into the next one type of thing uh, but yeah I mean when this show was on the air there were little snippets where they would carry stuff over some of the stuff with uh, Al and Sam um, cross paths kind of multiple times uh, we come back to information you know, with them, uh, you would have a couple of recurring characters like the evil Leaper. Um, but those, were, but when they did that, it, it was but more it didn't build anywhere. No, it was more. Well, here's here's uh, here's here's the May sweeps where we're gonna do two episodes and then we'll just go right back to where we were before and there will be yeah. no consequences from those episodes. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the biggest thing. Like I said, my my TV world would be a little bit sheltered because I'm sure there's all sorts of like HBO or some, maybe The Sopranos was so early was around the same time. But for my own personal opinion, it would be the Joss Whedon with Buffy and the J.J. Abrams with to a little bit uh, Felicity, but then more so with something like uh, Alias, where the idea was. We're going to sell this show in seasons, not in episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we're going to say, here's where a person's going to be at the end of this season based on the things that happened during that season, and not, well, we're going to do this episode, and then we'll think of how we're going to do the next episode. There, there were consequences. That's the biggest thing to take from it. There's actual consequences to the things going on. Which adds gravity and <gasps> character development. And drama. Yes. We all love that drama. Oh, boy. So did you did you watch this show religiously? Was it on the... Well, like I said, I think for the first couple of seasons I definitely did. And then when I uh, um, found out it was going to, you know, it was in its last, going into its last season, I, I remember uh, again tuning into it and going, man, why are they canceling this? Mm, yeah. But what, what, what was your background with it? I would say as being a a child of television as I was, this had to be in my either one or two for its entire run for the the show that was my favorite of the time. Mm. And it it led me to reading all of the novels (laughs) because there was a whole series of novels that came out around it too. And it was a show that captured my imagination because as we get further into this show, people will start to realize some traits. And one of my traits is I've always been a big sucker for time travel stuff, for time travel and pop cultures. Uh, When I had to choose one poster to frame for the limited wall space in my home office, I chose Back to the Future. So that's on my wall. And a humongous fan of Lost which you still have not seen all of it and yes, we're going to it ends. you <laughs> schmuck <laughs> I'll get around to watching uh, it sometime son of a motherless goat okay <clears throat> so yes quantum leap was definitely destination television for me and you know kids this was back when we had to set a VCR to record it on videotape and then go back and watch it if we were not able to watch it at the time of its airing. 
and this is one that started i think that yeah this really did start my little bit of an obsession that i had going for about 10 years of just videotaping every television show almost trying to be my own archivist before i realized a they started putting them out on dvd themselves and b the internet started making things ubiquitous and making those video cassettes useless but yeah i was a huge quantum leap fan captured my imagination watching that final episode itself the episode itself was weird was Sam in a bar in a coal mining town in Pennsylvania at the moment of his birth for some reason. Talking to God. Talking to God, who happened to be D-Day from Animal House, who also <laughs> happened to be a completely different character in the pilot episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring Bruce McGill back for some reason to play God the Bartender named Owl. <laughs> and then suddenly Sam never returns home. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So what we're here to do is uh, say, well, it's 2012. We have over a decade now, a solid decade at least, of the type of television that I think a reboot of Quantum Leap would fit into perfectly. And, and to preface this <clears throat> a little bit, too, there was discussion several years ago about them rebooting it, or not necessarily rebooting it, but um, starting a new series of it. Yes, either that or a movie. Okay, I know I it's heard the movie thing. I, I knew <coughs> that they were talking about doing a new season of it. It was. There's been talk of, about putting together either a TV movie or a movie movie, mm -hmm. and some quick research found the last big talkings about it was in 2010. Okay. But nothing has obviously ever really come of it. I mean, Dean, Dean Stockwell's got to be about 100. Following too. Um, yeah. They, they do quantum leap conventions uh, for this. So. Yeah, I think they still have a panel at Comic-Con every year, too. Yeah, yeah, they do. That's where that footage came from in 2010 was uh, talking about a potential movie. But I don't think it would really work very well with the with Bakula and Stockwell. I don't. It just it, we're at the point now. It needs to clean. Salvo and the reboot is shot. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a complete reboot. I mean, it's been twenty three years since this thing hit, which <laughs> The Simpsons has been on that entire time. We'll get into that one later. Oh, there's a yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> way to look at it. Okay. <laughs> um. So let's, let's get into it. Our, the ideas here, the, the ideas are very, very ripe for a reboot of the show. All right. Well, let's let's take some of uh, let's take some of what we definitely want to preserve from the existing show. All right. And I guess I'll go first. That is a very interesting first opening salvo because as we went through and came up with all sorts of ideas, and. and as so, someone's listening to this would have no sense of time, but we have spent weeks trying to <laughs> find the time to record this. We're, we're just that bad, guys. Yes, awful. Awful time management. We need an accelerator. But we've come up with all sorts of different ideas of what to do, what not to do. But one thing that I found very interesting, almost a Kennedy-like final analysis, is the fact that like I said at the head of this show, the original Quantum Leap had a lot of very, very sound ideas that just needed to be in a format like what you're used to now. Be in a format like Lost or Alias or Battlestar Galactica or anything like that that we have in a modern TV sensibility where you can do 13 episodes a year put it on I mean hell this would probably work in on sci-fi network because they do shows now where they look a little bit cheesy with their effects but they still have a pretty popular following well that's interesting um, I'm just going to interject this real fast and then you can get back to your point but it's interesting too I hadn't really thought about that um, this being a product of the late 80s early 90s uh, the network television was still, you know, the way to go uh, for most vehicles. Uh, mm -hmm. Cable was growing, definitely. 
and they were starting to really branch out and do more kind of original programming, but I wonder if the show might not have lasted longer had it, um, you know, come to be a little bit further down the road here where uh, kind of more of these media outlets existed. It was 10 years too early because Sopranos, I think, either that or Sex in the City were two of the first big scripted shows to be on cable that were not I mean there was there was stuff on cable but it was uh whatever the awfulness on something like USA uh had some had some shows that they made specifically for them I know they did a right. weird science show um Oh, there was Renegade. And, yeah, there was uh, one that was Highlander. <clears throat> was the one? I'm, there's one I'm trying to think of. Uh, Miami and kind of the cops and sexiness of whatnot or something. And oh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't I think. I don't. Anyway, there was some cable, but yeah, network was definitely the big honcho at that point. Mm-hmm. But what we're getting at is. The ideas that they had were sound. Even the way they ended the show is not entirely an unsound way to end this type of show if only they had the proper format to put it in and had led up to it more. Because what really made that backlash happen against the Dr. Sam Beckett Never Returns Home title card (laughs) is just the simple fact that it was a procedural show. So all the buildup to that moment was a final episode that was kind of nonsensical in how it was executed. But again, the idea you can see is there that was a decent idea, but it just it hit like an anvil. It's five years of watching this show, not realizing it's that there's another option besides a procedural, just watching what we're given, and then suddenly, oh, by the way, he never returned home. See you later. So that's what I get that's what I'm getting to. There is a basic premise and some different ideas that just need to be modernized and put into a modern format and this show could seriously take off and be awesome. Because we, we like the main characters, uh, we enjoyed following them, you know, through. Even though, you know, we're saying, well, you know, the procedural format was, um, you know, kind of tried and true at that point and everything, and we would approach it differently. But I mean, we like the characters. We like the basic setup for the situations that they find themselves in. Um, what we're interested in doing is expanding it. Exactly. So why don't we tell those folks just what we would do? What it, What is our idea for the expansion? Now that we've passed the 20-minute mark, <laughs> we've got ourselves an idea. And it's time to pitch to whatever studio it is. Here's our idea for Quantum Leap rebooted. Maybe we just call it Project Quantum Leap. All right. (laughs) We're off to a rollicking start in our pitch meeting. That's right. All right. Anyways, um, I think the biggest change up front that we would come into is the way that we get going. Um, Literally at the beginning of the original pilot that exists, and this is even like a cut scene, I guess, because like one version exists with this scene and one without. Al, uh, the kind of sidekick guy, uh, who's a admiral, right? Yes. Yeah. Is driving through the New Mexico desert in his quote unquote <laughs> futuristic, futuristic <car>. Ford probe, <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, he he gets this call, and they're like, "Doctor Beckett's in the imaging chamber," and you see uh, Sam Beckett there with lots of lights and smoke going woo raising his hands up and then he leaps um and again in some versions that's there and in some versions you just start with him in the past not understanding what's going on uh in our in our plan uh, in our reboot what we would do is we want to spend more time building up the world that he kind of comes from we want to get to know 
uh, you know, kind of what's going on with this whole Project Quantum Leap. We want to meet the people who are involved with this. We want to see what his life is like at that moment in time. We want to really understand this person uh, who we're going to be following through adventures. And we want to make, you know, what happens with the time travel more of an evolution. We don't want it all to just happen and then, uh, you know, we get kind of... Obviously, we're going to be following some similar beats. You can't avoid doing that. But we don't want it to just get, you know, shifted down into procedural mode. And then we just kind of plot along with it. And that's where I think the difference between, you know, what exists, which is enjoyable and fine, um, and what we're talking about doing with making it more kind of interlinked and episodic, uh, that's where the difference uh, kind of begins might be the best way of putting it. Yeah, and it really seems like in the original show, they had all of this stuff there, but they were. it seems like Donald Belisario, the creator of the show, probably was told, okay, can we just go ahead and get all of the backstory out in the first five minutes so we can get on with just telling the procedural part of the show? And what we want to do is say, I think the real show is what's going on at the actual project itself. And our episodes are going to be a little bit of where Sam is in the past and a lot more with what's going on with the team dynamic that we will create at Project Quantum Leap. Well, let's talk a little bit about the team. Okay, well, we have we, we can use the names of the people who were originally on the team. And in the original show, we saw these people off and on usually is when they very rarely actually show you inside Project Quantum Leap and some cheap set. <laughs> and, and lots of flashy lights. It wasn't cheap. Yes, and and <laughs> really droll female voices <laughs> for computers and whatnot. It didn't seem to fit. But what we can figure is that there's Dr. Sam Beckett who actually leaps back in time Admiral right. and and you you I believe have dis, has kind of described him or the materials that we have describe him as kind of one step below Einstein. Yeah, the the description of him description of him is is uh we'll insert clip here. Who created this Ziggy? You. Quantum leap is your project, Sam. You're the genius behind it. At least you were before your brain got magnafoozled. No, no, see, I'm a medical doctor. I found that much out. You hold six doctorates, Sam. Medicine is just one of them. Your special gift was quantum physics. Time magazine even called you the next Einstein. The truth is, if there's one guy who could figure out how to bring you back, it's you. Sam, you were going to be called the next Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who said that? Admiral Al Calavici, who runs Project Quantum Leap. Uh, as far as uh, more on the business side, Sam's the talent, Al's the business side, getting government funding. This is a government-backed project. Uh, some of the novels that I read had to do with some of the uh, actually one of the novels that I read was called Prelude and it was all about the lead up to the initial leap and it talked about how the project was built like a four or five story office building starting at ground level and going underground in caverns in New Mexico near the site of the original atomic bomb blast so there's some some sort of significance there but it was the size of an office building, and they really only mentioned about seven or eight different people who worked at this place over the course of five seasons because they never dealt with being there. Hard no, it was it was very rare to spend much time at Project Quantum Leap. Yeah, in fact, the only time that I think the cast budget on the Project Quantum Leap present side went up is an episode where Sam and Al crossed... Al then leapt back into 1945, and Sam went home, and there he saw his his wife, who was a doctor, who was also working there, and we always 
always all gushy with the mustache. He always ran. He was the head programmer of the computer, which is Ziggy. And there was Tina, who was this bubbly, air-headed uh, blonde who Al had a thing for, yet we came to find out that she was the second smartest person at, behind Sam at Project Quantum Leap. Uh, there was Dr. Beeks, who was kind of a, a psychologist on staff or a psychiatrist on staff. See her yeah, every see, once in a while. I don't even remember that character. I think you only saw her maybe once or twice. I oh, think okay. once Al, I think held on to her so that she could, so that Sam could see her in the hologram as well as Al. Oh, okay. And then when they mixed and Sam went back to Project Quantum Leap, she was in the waiting room with all these other people, and they would randomly mention other people who worked in in and around the project, uh, but it was really finite to those people. And you wonder, you have to wonder, well, what exactly would fill up five-story office building underground for that? And there'd just, there'd just be those few people. So, and, and I think something else that in our various discussions on, you know, well, how would we redo, redo this and everything like that, we, um, you know, we want to have a stake in this idea of him getting home. It's like, well, what is he getting home to? And you want to have as, because uh, we've mapped out kind of like the pilot and then in, in very general terms, kind of where the seasons would go uh, that would follow this. And we would want to show that, you know, life was continuing on um, with and without Sam as he was kind of leaping um, in various forms and places and everything like that and that some of these you know side people and some of the tensions uh, that were would come out of something like this actually happen happening uh, both on a personal level and also um, I think kind of social level if we had people who suddenly could travel back in time I mean I guarantee you that word leaks out about that there's going to be you know, all kinds of questions raised um, by both the society that generates the technology able to do it and then the rest of humanity and going, well, what does all this mean? Yeah, and let's, let's get very philosophical now and what, what this could all mean because this is where our stuff can spin off from. Number one, the original show was very blatant and unapologetic about the fact that Sam stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator, he leaped, and apparently God got a hold of him and sent him on missionary angel-like work. That's really the premise of the show, because towards the end, when you have the evil leaper show up... Who escaped from hell. They literally say that she escaped from hell. <laughs> and now she's going and putting good things bad. And it was black and white and cheesy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no bizarro, huh? Exactly. So one thing that our show will have is, or will not have, is Sam will not be grabbed by God and he will not run into Aaliyah, the evil leaper of the devil. Yep, we're just sorry. not... We're not, not. <laughs> no, we're not going to have that. What we're going to be really basing this on is a lot more metaphysical ideas and some of this was handled in lost so uh, if i start getting a little redundant that's just because that's my my center point where i can go to that something that's already been done but the idea is sam beckett finds a way to leap along the thread that connects all human beings so in some sort of scientific way and somebody a lot smarter than me, I have to watch more episodes of Morgan Freeman's Through the Wormhole to, to really understand it. But the idea being that every human soul out there is connected by what George Carlin called the big electron. We're all a part of the big electron. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we miss you, George. Yes. And so Sam taps onto that, and that's how he can travel. And in more blatant terms, let's use the title of the show. 
it's a leap of faith. We start. We can start dealing with some of those things as he leaps out there. And on the project side, when we have our team, and it can be Al, who's back at Project Quantum Leap. Um, there can be a Dr. Donna Alisi, who was Sam's wife, but I don't know if she could be or not. Uh, we actually could have a person named Ziggy, not a computer named Ziggy. We can have a military liaison. But the idea being, once Sam leaps, we still keep some of the original ideas from the show, being that it's Sam's soul that leaps, it's not his body. So his body remains there in a waiting room, and the person that he leaps into inhabits that body now. And so we can have a lot of issues of some of the people at the project as Al has full faith that he knows because he's seen him in hologram form that the person that he's talking to who looks like Dr. Sam Beckett is not Dr. Sam Beckett. But some other people there can be thinking, I think Dr. Sam Beckett just gave himself a lobotomy and is going insane with multiple <laughs> personality syndrome. So there could be a constant struggle for that and trying to keep up funding and having the people who are the naysayers so the underlying theme here can be a leap of faith for some of these people to stop being doubting Thomases, and that can go into different things Sam does when he does leap in the past and different things that he can affect for some of the people who maybe work at the project could feel the effects. So there's all different types of playground uh, toys that we can work with here. Kind of thematically, I think something else that we want to really focus on with this, and you, again, you get some of this definitely with the existing show, uh, but we would want to build it up into this expanded format where we can, you know, go to his quote-unquote normal time um, and interact with that world and the characters who inhabit it and everything like that is choice and consequence. Mm-hmm you're going to make some really bad choices along the way, and they're going to have some bad consequences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and vice versa. Uh, you may make choices that you're unsure about, and it will lead you, you know, for better or for worse, wherever it is that you're meant to be, or, you know, your life will roll out uh, as a result of those choices and everything like that. So I think giving him... You know, we, we've kind of gone back and forth. Well, you know, he could be married or maybe there's somebody there who, you know, it, it's more of a kind of like a romance that's, uh, you know, serious and along and, you know, well along the way and everything like that. But he's not necessarily married kind of thing. And I mean, that struggle to kind of understand why someone would want to continue doing this. It's like, well, what's so bad about here and now? What, you know, what is it that you feel compelled to go and do? Um, and really kind of explore that. And when he does make a bad decision in the past, it is going to have consequences both for him on a personal level and it can also impact the world that we're familiar with, um, you know, at our Project Quantum Leap site. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a little bit, I think, more honest way to kind of look at the whole idea of time travel. Well, then we get into the nuts and bolts here. Our pilot of Project Quantum Leap. Now I had the idea of the opening of the pilot being the project is still somewhat under construction, but there are some places that are operating, some places that are under construction, and we're introduced to the world in kind of an Aaron Sorkin-like walk and talk as a new intern is being introduced to the project to come on and, you know, knows has some tech knowledge. So maybe this person can be our into the world since they don't know what's going on either. Maybe the, Dina. Yeah, it can be, this can be Tina. It can be a different version, updated version of that character. Well, we're not, definitely not throwing out what came before. We're just trying to update it, streamline it, make it more modern and do more with it. The general idea being that by the end of the pilot episode is when Sam makes his first leap. But up until that point, we are leading up to the drama of the pilot episode being, uh, Sam, you're not really producing any real results here, that, that you were really smart, and we were able to get funding for you, thinking this is going to be time travel, and now you're starting to talk about time travel is just you closing your eyes and waking up as somebody else 
and we're supposed to believe that you're traveling through time and we're running out of funding so that by the end of the pilot of the ep- pilot episode he's going to jump into the quantum leap accelerator he's built kind of a la Bruce Banner because he's running out of funding he's going to test it on himself I'll, I'll, I'll say this the last time and then everyone else who's listening will just take it for a grain of salt that everything I say will have some correlation to Lost but again thinking of the Daniel Faraday character for people out there who did watch Lost it's very similar to what he did as well the idea of testing on a rat testing on himself he is the lab rat and we want the leaping to be seen as dangerous yeah yeah it's, it's got to be not very all flashing lights and wind and <laughs> he can't he can't wear a white turtleneck's bodysuit and step onto a light on top of a fan yeah. and that's it now it's yeah. got to be very biomechanical he's got to plug into shit and put ivs in him and and it's got to be very very this is where the cg can come in the actual leap is not just lights and acute sound but it's actually some sort of violent thing that takes him back and this leads us to the next theory of our evolution of our show here since we're planning this out in season arcs the original leaps are sam is leaping into himself at a different point in his own lifetime the idea being that he is going to leap back and forth the entire episodes are not going to be spent in the past he's going to be leaping back and forth there's not going to be any sort of sam you did your angel-like work and this task is now checklisted complete and you can leap out no it's hey it looks like i'm three years he leaps back he, you know, he's there for two seconds. He's there for two days. He's there for five weeks. He, he does. There's no specific time. There's no specific reason to it. It's just him going and coming. And when he comes back to the project, he's trying to work on how to to fix it. And because Al is his biggest proponent, he can also be the one working heavily to keep the project up and running in the present day. Yeah, because we're definitely going to develop that there are people and forces out there that do not want to see this thing keep going or to succeed. Not even to keep going or to succeed. We don't need a typical bad guy. I think our if we have a military liaison mm-hmm. who kind of reports back to the Senate committee or whoever's funding this, it doesn't have to be a typical, well, that just sounds dumb, and I'm a closed-minded kind of conservative dude, so I'm shutting you down we could easily turn the point of view to the military liaison and understand his point of view of seeing, okay, well, this kid has spent billions of dollars building this thing in the desert, and he says he's gone and traveled back in time, but I'm looking in that room, and I just see him sitting there talking like a woman or something like that. Well, we've we've got that level of it. I mean, this this kind of goes back to what I was saying about, you know, society kind of questioning you know the wisdom of some of this and um you know where this is potentially taking the individual the country um and kind of humanity in general type of thing so i'm not saying it's got to be you know one big bad guy going i'm gonna get you (laughs) kind of thing Uh, (laughs) but it's force counter force kind of thing all right well we're making some progress this way but you've got other people who are going whoa whoa wait a minute and you know they may have some very valid points i mean it doesn't have to be all you know raw raw like kind of like we were saying like we're we're trying to make a little bit more gray here and not so much black and white good and evil yeah um in the show so you know just just adding that layer of complexity to it um as he is making these initial leaps and recognizing both some of the more fun, interesting aspects uh, to having the ability to do something like this and to kind of revisit moments in your life and everything, and then also some of the negatives that would come with something like that. And then we could even have a whole maybe like three or four episode arc where Sam is just stuck as himself in some spot 
And each time he thinks he's going to leap out, he doesn't and can be in some really piss-poor spot, bad place, he, um, you know, the worst time in his life or something. And this is also all new science. This is all new technology that we're working with here. So the team itself, beyond just kind of coming to grips and believing what exactly is happening with him, um, is going to have some problems of their own to overcome as well with that, with figuring out, you know, some of the mechanics behind all of this. So maybe for the first couple of leaps that he does, there isn't an owl to kind of turn to for help. You're you're stuck. You're on your own. Yeah, and he figures, when he comes back, he figures out how we actually see him figure out how to get somebody to come along with him. And he chooses Al. Maybe we don't have a pre-existing relationship when this starts. He just... Ooh, I like that. And yeah. so the pilot episode can... There can just be a scene or two with him and Al where we see there is some sort of rapport. Maybe Al was assigned as the original military liaison and when he comes to fully believe Sam the government sends in some other guy to say well maybe you've been compromised or something yeah I mean maybe they're going to transfer Al out of there and so Al in episode 2 or 3 or 4 or whenever it is Sam comes back and figures out how to bring someone along with him in a holographic form, a hologram form by tapping into Sam's brainwaves or his his motor neurons and whatnot <laughs> and other science gobbledygook <laughs> that Al can see what's going on and he can be the major proponent. But we also still keep one of the original things from the show of each leap Sam's brain really gets Swiss cheesed and messed up and his memory, he loses his memory. Really, really, really play with that. Yeah, this is going to be somebody who has, like, kind of deep personal problems as a result of what is happening to them. Yeah, very much there are consequences to each of his leaps, but he also has enough of his faculties remaining to continue working towards it and working on it. It, it Very much this can be seen as a parallel to the origin story of a superhero with the ultimate end game being that Sam figures out how to well we'll just blow it now the ultimate end game <laughs> is that Sam figures out how to control where he leaps to and he also figures out how to transport himself kind of like he's merging the technology that we'd see him create so he could create an owl and a hologram, Sam figures out how to transport himself as almost like a guardian angel. So he appears to whoever he transports to and whoever he chooses to go to and acts as almost a, like a guardian angel to them. So instead of sending him his soul into, I don't know, if he sends his soul into the and exchanges souls with Lee Harvey Oswald, Sam would ultimately figure out how to gain the power and send himself so that he could be kind of like a guardian angel that only Lee Harvey Oswald could see in here and he talks him down or he talks him off the cliff or he just gains more and more power until at the end of it he figures out how to control be completely in control of it yeah you know we give him kind of a character arc rather than just okay you're stuck doing this you're stuck doing this you're stuck doing this kind of thing too so we give him choice we we give him the ability to make the choice to continue doing this so instead of oh by the way Sam Beckett never returned home by the end of the show he makes the conscious choice I have the technology plus I have the experience and I have fi finally figured out how to control this I finally figured out that it is not just a leap of faith that I'm just stepping in. It's a leap of faith mixed with science. And it's every accumulation of the human race put into Sam Beckett to go and change history for the better. And um, this is where we'll tag in another uh, idea, another key difference that we're going to uh, put into our version of this reboot, which is... Uh, 
initially we start him out just leaping within his own lifetime which is the basic rule in the existing show um, and then at some point in one of these seasons we're going to go beyond that yeah and the the premise of the show <laughs> we, we listen to that clip of Al explaining to Sam, Dean Stockwell explaining to Scott Bakula in the pilot episode about what this was supposed to be, is that, Sam, you're supposed to leap within your own lifetime. But they never did that because I take that as what we're doing here. Sam Beckett is, let's just say, Sam Beckett's 40 years old at Project Quantum Leap when he leaps. So that means that he'll leap into Sam Beckett at 14 years old and then Sam Beckett at 18 years old. And then he eventually, like you just said, he'll gain the power to say, okay, well, I can, there's similarities in motor neurons with my brother. So I'm going to leap into my brother at his 20th birthday or something, ultimately expanding across the entire brotherhood, so to speak, of the human race to where he can go to other people. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to be able to go much further back into the past, so that will, again, kind of free up some of the format, you know, I think make it a little bit more interesting on those lines. Uh, we've also toyed with, and I think this would be a limited kind of thing, you know, one of the touchstones of the show was that you always had Al with his little uh, notepad thing. Uh, uh, oh, Ziggy's looking this up now, Sam. Uh, you know, coming up with probabilities for this, that, or the other thing about what he was supposed to do. We thought it would be fun to um, have him do, and again, we can make this limited, or we can make this something that's frequent, just kind of depending on what our, what our little hearts desire, but uh, we could send him into the future, and then it's like, it's anybody's guess as to what the heck you type of decision you should be making <laughs> right here, because... Uh, literally history from your point of view has not been written so it's like uh i'm scared to touch anything <laughs> that yeah it could be a one-off episode kind of thing or a cliffhanger in a season is that he gets to the future and it's real dangerous and we can even branch out even more sci-fi if we want to get super metaphysical and spiritual with this we can say okay if there's a string that connects the entire human race and let's just leave it at instead of being a chimp with a shotgun. <laughs> but uh, then, Wikipedia, go to the <laughs> Wikipedia page, folks. <laughs> but then again, as you say that out, as I say that out loud, they did explain in that episode that you know chimps share a certain amount of DNA with humans, so that's why he was able to leap into them. So there could be something along those lines. Yeah, the little caption just says Sam is capable of using his own abilities even if this is something his host normally cannot do. Cue monkey with a shotgun. <laughs> monkey with a shotgun. <laughs> but the idea being getting really sci-fi with it is what if there was the theory that, well, we're not alone in the universe. There's other life forms out there. I wonder if they're along the same string as well. And he could leap into some He's suddenly with Kal-El on Krypton. Yes, he could be with <laughs> Kal-El on Krypton. That would be awesome. I say right there that that's an episode there in season that's an episode in season 3 as he leaps into young baby Kal-El being shot like a ro off a rocket ship off of Krypton. <laughs> He arrives two days before the planet blows up. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. For like a half a second, he leaps into Kal-El when he's being lowered into the ship. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> we, get a, we get a Marlon Brando look look-alike. <laughs> My I son. probably just take footage and just have him look <laughs> over, and it's like, oh, uh. Well, we're hoping Warner Brothers is listening to this so we can get footage. Hopefully, you'll do Quantum Leap again, because I think Warner Brothers did do the original, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, come on, Hollywood, get the phones ringing for us here. We'll we'll write these for you. <laughs> uh, so, instead of going in and saying, oh, here's what episode two will be, here's what episode three will be. I think what we really need to get to is the idea of the pilot is at the end of the pilot is his first leap. Mm -hmm. And there are season arcs here of Sam 
in the physical side of it, he's leaping into himself, then to his family members, then to the broader human race, and then we can have the different fallout, the different characters we're dealing with at the project. There can be different relationships going on there, too. Yeah, we were also saying, you know, with some of this format, it would be fun just to have little random leaps even within episodes, like little mini segments that we kind of go into sometimes more just kind of jokey things sometimes hey you're gonna leap into you know people who you don't necessarily want to be it, it would be fun to kind of i'd say say you had like a cop chasing a burglar or something like that and um you know you you're the burglar the first time around and you get the drop on the cop in the alleyway or something like that and he leaps out right when he's you know pulling his weapon or whatever to try to get out and the next episode or something like that we go back to that moment but this time he's the cop and he ends up getting like shot in the arm or something like that and he's like damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah more of a sense of fun here and there will be some grander ideas and grander episodes but definitely a a sense of fun yeah that, that might have been the best example for fun but <laughs> <laughs> well it would be funny but yeah it would be funny you get you get the idea uh, yes. Uh, one other thing we did talk about is the fact that in a lot of episodes of the original show, there would be this thing called residuals, and not what Scott Bakula still gets in his mailbox, but... Ew. But I'm cheap. But the idea that Sam leaps into somebody... The, the glaring example from the show, that I know they did it a bunch of times, but the glaring example is the whole two-episode arc thing with leaping into Lee Harvey Oswald and leading up to the JFK assassination. And there was this whole idea that he was kind of merging minds with Lee Harvey Oswald. And there was this leftover residuals. And there were other times where he'd be an athlete or something like that. And he'd have some leftover, quote-unquote, residual energy, soul, whatnot, that was always very convenient, too. What, <laughs> I, I'm going to leap into a pool player. Luckily, I have a residual of their ability to shoot pool. So I'm good, folks. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Not, I suddenly have the residual feeling of a tingling in my balls. <laughs> why Why do I have that residual feeling from this person? So our idea is he's always just Sam. There's none of this residual who I leap into, I get some feeling of them. It's only Sam's physical feeling of being that person. It's yeah, not... And obviously having to live in somebody else's skin and, you know, try to adapt... Uh, to whatever life you're in and everything like that, you're going to pick up some skills along the way, but it's not going to be like a magic, like I Matrix kind of thing. Oh, uh, it's downloaded. I know Kung Fu. Oh. Yeah, and Sam is... They always played with this, like there was an episode where Sam leapt into a woman who was pregnant, and it was... For some reason, they decided to make this a lot more complicated because of the rule of there's this residual whatever... So there was this whole idea of there's Scott Bakula on a table and Al's saying, you're not going to have a baby. And Sam's saying, I'm having a baby. We need to make it We need to make it really, really clean. He is Sam Beckett in mind, but whatever body he's in, that's the body he inhabits. So if he is a, a woman who's pregnant, then that woman's giving birth and Sam has to experience it because that's the physical body he is in. That, that is reality for him. Yes. So it's not this magical, well, the baby disappeared at the person in the waiting room, Sam. No, there just has to be, here's the soul of that person, and it's just exchanging these physical shells, this casing of us. And so whatever Sam's experience, if somebody has, a, you know, a a broken ankle that he just leapt into that person, well, Sam's going to limp. <laughs> he's, he's not going to magically say, well, well, ow, my, my leg is fine, so I, I can walk for some reason. 
Yeah, we're trying to take the for some reasons out of it. <laughs> so it's, that's a very clean thing that definitely the show did not do very well. It always seemed to make it really complicated for no real reason other than people who are watching this show are stupid. So look, there's Scott whoa, back. Hey, whoa, don't insult the people listening to this show because they like Quantum Leap. No, no, no. I'm saying this is what the people who created the episodes would think. Is they would think, well, the people who are watching this are stupid, so they're going to see Scott Bakula inhabiting a Vietnam vet who had double amputee on his legs. But the t- people watching TV are going to think, but I can see Scott Bakula's legs. He can walk. So let's deal with that. No, we, we don't need to deal with that. That's not the point. The point is, it's Sam's mind. He leaps into a... a paraplegic from Vietnam who's missing two legs, well, guess what? Sam Beckett can't walk around because he doesn't have the bottom half of his legs. <laughs> it's as simple as that, folks. It's not Scott Bakula's there, so we have to figure out a reason why. Well, I think, um, I think too, kind of the dynamic, if you will, between viewer and uh, writers in a lot of cases um, has changed a lot since this sh- the original show aired. Uh, with how they kind of approach the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you definitely give the audience more credit now. Yeah. That's that's a good uh, good thing. We're happy when that happens. Exactly. So I think we're kind of rounding off here, and we're starting to get a little rambly, but the, the basic ideas we put out there is there, there were some good ideas in theory, original go-around just weren't executed very well. We have the ideas here that can grow by leaps and bounds through different uh, different episodes and different things and there's a lot of different places to grow and different questions to ask a lot of things that could fill probably five seasons worth of a show at 13 episodes a season and the pilot ending with him leaping away I could imagine that being a really really cool moment yeah yeah all right, well, I think that wraps it up. I think uh, I've always hoped that after we finish this uh, episode that we can leap back home, but uh, guess what? You're not going home ever again. Oh, man, where are we going on to next? Do we know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll just be a big adventure for us and the next time we can start the podcast with. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a residual. Oh, uh, no. No residuals <laughs> from the Quantum Leap podcast. <laughs> no, we have no residuals from Quantum Leap. Oh, uh, fine. We will be jumping into a couple of different ideas. We have some some ideas floating around out there. Uh, we have mentioned it in the past about redoing a sequel to Back to the Future and... There's been some other things we've talked about, but by all means, the one of you who's out there listening to us, <laughs> or however many are out there in this grand, vast internet w- audience, by all means, if you have something that you've seen from your childhood or from the past that you've said, wow, that was a good idea, but they didn't do it very well at all, well, then let us know on Facebook or email us or go to the Podbean uh, website where our podcasts originate from and leave a comment leave a comment on itunes and tell us here's what uh, really should be rebooted and yeah, it's all about the feedback and if it's something very arcane well then that just means that we have to do homework and watching the original in order to then be able to discuss how to redo it so hopefully we, we will agree with you if you have an idea all right, well, since I'm not leaping home, and I am the evil leaper, I guess I'm leaping back to hell. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to go to hell for being Gushy's porn mustache because that guy <laughs> tragically died in the mid-'90s, so that's, that's not nice it either. Oh, you can't end it on a downer. Well, I won't end it on a downer. I'll end it with this. You tell me that the leaps are going to get tougher. Where would you like to go, Sam?
I'd like to go home. But I can't. Can I? I've got a wrong to put right for Al. You knew that, didn't you? God bless Sam. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. That's one. That's a reference people might get. I wouldn't get this except for the fact that I'm sitting here staring at this doobie picture. <laughs> and you're what? Sam is a monkey with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> a monkey with a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be Gushy's porn stash. <laughs> or just, or just be the evil leaper. Why not? I'll, I'll be the evil leaper. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, <clears throat> we are recording. Uh-oh. I just like to fall in the mud and get kicked in the head by an iron boot. Of course you don't. No one does. It never happens. Sorry, Ted. It's a dumb question. Skip that. Okay, but... Ah!